It's the Trending 10. We're back. We're here every single week. This week, we just decided to uh, tie Tom up and throw him in the closet. He's not in this video. It's just me and Russ. You know what? And if you like what we do, make sure you slam that like, hit that subscribe button. We are here every single week, and we are wrapping up the end of this year with another trending 10 list. I'm just kidding. Tom's not tied up in the closet. He took a vacation. He works very hard. He needs two days off, apparently. So Russ and I are filling in. Let's just get right into these books because we've got 10 of the most popular books of the week to talk about right here at number 10. This is a new book. This is Animal Pound number one, the one per store variant. Yes, Ryan, this was an unlockable one per store variant, and Boom Studios does in fact make these unlockable variants, where if you've ordered at least one copy of any of the covers, you can unlock it. But this one was even more difficult, because this was tied to a final order cutoff. So only stores that ordered the Scotty Young final order cutoff variant were able to order this unlockable final order cutoff variant. So if your shop wasn't paying attention, they might not have gotten this. We're seeing a $25 average sale, and I saw high sales going over $50 for this book that may very well be one of the toughest ones to find of this actually wonderful title. Full disclosure, this book is on my pull list, but I'm like a week or two behind, so I have not gotten to Animal Pound yet, but I'm very excited to read this book. I am a big Tom King fan. I don't care what anybody says. I think Heroes in Crisis is really good. I actually quite loved his run on Batman, and I think a lot of people need to look beyond those to some things he's written since then, which have been phenomenal. This story is an updating of George Orwell's Animal Farm, and really, it's very, very dark right off the bat. We're in an Animal Pound, but if the animals aren't adopted they get euthanized so really it's very much a you're gonna get loved or you're gonna get killed type thing and this is super super dark we are seeing more and more of these anthropomorphic stories with really dark undertones obviously we had stray dogs we know that uh trish and tony are going to be releasing feral i'm super excited for that and a book that's been on the list multiple times in the last couple months beneath the trees where nobody sees people are getting more and more into these anthropomorphic animals it feels like the early 80s all over again. And if you want another comic book featuring anthropomorphic animals, that is another retelling of George Orwell's Animal Farm, you should also check out Animal Castle, which features a lot of the same themes. I've never read the original book, Animal Farm, but I've read Animal Castle, and I'm going to read Animal Pound. Maybe someday I'll go back and read the source material, but who knows? we got to talk about the Mystery Mail Call because we've got some really cool books on deck for the Mystery Mail Call this month that Tom made sure to call and remind us to tell you guys about. So we are here right now to tell you about them. What's the first one? Go. What's the first one? The first one, we actually have a Raph Grissetti cover of Batman 121, first appearance of Mr. Freeze. That's pretty good. Do you know the second one? Uh, not off the top of my head. I got you. Spider-Gwen Smash. This is a crazy good variant by oh, John Oh, the Zhang. John Zhang variant. It's yes. very pink. It's very vibrant. Oh, I'm excited about I that one. I think we got one. some cool colors, especially on deck for these two variants. And you know, we got more stuff coming. This aren't, these aren't just the only two things that are going in this box. There's other stuff in there. There's random books from older eras. There's some art prints that go in there sometimes. Plus, I like to sneak into the warehouse where we build all these mail calls. I like to just go in there and throw in some keys, some old Silver Age stuff that maybe I'm not supposed to. <laughs> Who knows what you'll find in the box? ComicTom101.com to sign up. As long as you sign up for this box before the 15th of the month, you will get those two exclusives we mentioned earlier. Another thing that you probably shouldn't admit, which we did last video, we admitted that we hadn't seen the Aquaman 2 movie. And I do apologize for passing judgment before actually being able to see it. There are a lot of great 
people who are giving good reviews of this book right now. And I was lamenting the fact that we hadn't seen any Aquaman buzz on our trending 10 list. Well, here it is. Number nine in the list, Aquaman number 35, first appearance of Black Manta. We are reporting a 1.2 thousand dollar average sale and a CDC 9.4 recent sale of $2,160 back in October of 2023. Now that's before the movie came out, but obviously people are watching the movie and they are liking this character. Yeah, I might have gone a little too harsh last week on on Aquaman 2. I, I don't love the first one. That's just my personal opinion. I thought it was a great movie. It was fine. It's fine. I haven't seen it since. I don't have any real strong burning desire to see it again, but I loved Black Manta. And I especially loved the hints of Black Manta we got in the trailers for the second movie. I haven't seen the second movie, so maybe all we got of him was what we saw in the trailers. But I think we can rest assured here seeing that the fans have scooped up enough copies of Black Manta's first appearance to make that the only Aquaman-related book on this list. But like you said last week, there weren't any books at all Aquaman-related leading up to the release of this movie. But now that it's out, I think it's reassuring to see some Black Manta spec on here and no Lobo on this list either, which is what made us talk about it last week. Number eight on the list. Number eight on the list, Russ. What is next? What is next is Man-Thing number one is number eight on the list. Back from the 70s, 1974, we haven't talked about this book in about a year. Well, what's next? We're actually supposed to be talking about what if because this is the second appearance of Howard the Duck. And those of you who are watching the What If show over on Disney+, Plus, Howard the Duck was featured in Season 2, episode number 1. Now, this may not be the reason why it's on the list, but it could be at least a little bit of a factor. $300 average sales and a CDC 9.6 went for $607 in December. So we are seeing this book moving because we still have rumors that we may be seeing an adventure into Fear series coming on to Disney+. Plus. That's what I saw online when I saw this number on the list and I had to go in and look up, why, why is this book selling? Why are people buying the first appearance of Man Thing? And apparently there are rumors about an adventure into fear anthology show, movie, series. There's really not a whole lot of details about it, just that there's going to be some sort of horror anthology created in the MCU. To me, that feels a little flimsy and, and not necessarily... The most solid rumor, even though I would love a horror anthology series in the MCU, it doesn't really jive with the recent news, I guess, that we got that Kevin Feige and the MCU are going to try and dial back some of their output and release. And was especially with the um, the rumors I, that I heard about them shelving the Marvel Studios special you know, holiday specials that they've been doing, the Guardians, and the first time we saw Man-Thing actually in the Werewolf by Night special, I've heard they're not doing those anymore. So I can't really just or you know square those two things. Are they going to pull back on doing this sort of one-shotty Disney Plus sort of content, or are they going to lean into it and make a horror anthology? Well, and I think if we actually have an adventure into fear horror anthology, it gives you the opportunity to focus on Man-Thing, focus on a werewolf by night, focus on Morbius, focus on uh, Howard the Duck. We actually have multiple characters that can be in it, and it won't feel so much like we did a Howard the Duck one-shot, we did a Man-Thing one-shot. This actually can have an overarching feel to it. And with it being a television series, this gives us one of those things that it's not so time sensitive. You don't only have three weeks to see it in a movie theater. He's turned me around on the idea. Let's make this happen, Marvel. We're going to move on. We got number seven to talk about. This is an interesting one. We have NYX, I believe it's called. I said Nix last time and that doesn't sound right. This is NYX, issue number three, 
This is the first appearance of Laura Kinney. This may very well be a seasonal thing because last time we talked about this book was December 5th of last year, and we've seen 498 new slabs on the census, a $450 average sale, and just over $1,002 on a CGC 9.8 this last month. This is more speculation about the fact that we could see more Wolverine and more versions of Wolverine in the Deadpool 3 movie. We've been hearing a lot about potential different Wolverines coming in Deadpool 3. Not just Hugh Jackman reprising his role again, but you know Daniel Radcliffe showing up as Wolverine. We've mm-hmm. been hearing a lot about maybe maybe Dakin is going to make an appearance in this movie. We're going to get like supposedly we're going to get a team of multiversal Deadpools in this movie, which we've already kind of gotten confirmed with Dogpool being uh, confirmed for this movie. So I think uh, fans are taking the next logical step and saying, what if we're getting like a team of multiversal Deadpools going up against a team of multiversal Wolverines or something, which is why we're seeing spec on this character in particular, uh, X-23 showing up on the list. She kind of makes the most sense if you're talking about other Wolverines, because this, as far as we uh, have seen to date, this is the only other Wolverine-type character we've gotten in a live-action movie. Knowing Ryan Reynolds is at the helm of this, that means all bets are off completely and totally. I mean, we could really go seriously deep and crazy. I know you would be super excited if we actually had long-rumored Danny DeVito as Wolverine. I want people, I want a dog Wolverine, I want to see Wolverine, the squirrel from Squirrel Girl. I I want all of it. (laughs) I want some weird stuff to happen in this movie. I think we might go too overboard, though. The comic community is uh, known for putting characters who probably aren't going to show up in Deadpool 3 into their Deadpool 3 spec. So let's just wait and see, I guess. But X-23, you could you could do worse. Right, odds are we'll probably see her in this movie. That would be my personal opinion. I'll put that out there. All right, Ryan, enough about spec right now. Let's talk about something that's super relevant. A brand new book that came out this week that happens to be a reprint from 1974. And that's why we're seeing number six on the list. Giant size superstars number one. Now, this eventually ended up turning into the giant size Fantastic Four series. But right now, these are some amazing reprints of Hulk thing Bites, $160 average sales for the original book from 1974, and we even saw a CDC 9.4 going for $108 just last month. The only reason this is on the list is that this was released as a reprint this week. And because it's the end of the year and there are a lot of storylines that are being tied up from Marvel and DC and a lot of the other publishers, we're seeing more and more of these reprints. Now, in some ways, I think these reprints are cool, but I also think Marvel and DC are doing way too many of them. We don't need a new reprint every single week. And honestly, I don't have anyone caring about getting a giant size Superstars one with a foil cover on it. So not only are they reprinting these older issues, but they're reprinting them with variant covers as well. So you can get a not just a you know a facsimile of this old school looking book, but I think the foil on there for me personally that kind of kills it. That doesn't it doesn't feel as old school. That feels very uh, '90s or you know more modern even. For some of these more modern books, possibly. I mean, we had a Wolverine number one reprint, the Frank Miller Chris Claremont book, and that had a foil cover. Okay, that's cool. They had an ASM 300 that had a foil cover. Okay, that's cool. I like it. It's not going to cost a whole lot of money to get a foil version of this, but really, no one needs a foil version of Giant Size Superstars number one. I just think it's a whole lot, especially when you've got some of these facsimiles like Batman 404, 405, 406, 407, all of the Frank Miller year one. You can get the original printings of these for like 15 to 20 bucks a piece in near mint. 
why would you be paying five or six bucks for a facsimile? It just doesn't make sense, guys. I don't think I have to add anything to that. That was <laughs> that was uh, that was really good. I got nothing. If I was a little kid in the seventies, I might have liked Giant Size Superstars because it's got some bios in the back. You know, maybe you could learn some stuff in the back of that. But I, you're good. We got the internet now. I don't think you need that in the facsimile. I'm moving on. We got to go back to X23. We're talking about X23 again, didn't we? Just talk about X23, Russ. We did. But this is all new Wolverine number one, the debut of X23 as Wolverine in the classic costume. We are seeing thirty dollars average sales and seventy one dollars for a CDC nine. Now, the conversation pivots from, are we going to see Wolverine and other Wolverine-type things in the Deadpool 3 movie, to, who is the successor? If Hugh Jackman is done, and we're no longer going to see his Wolverine, who is going to take the Wolverine snickety-snick claws and run with it? Are we going to see Laura? Are we going to see Dakin? Are we going to see someone else? We are seeing a 230% increase in copies sold of this book, particularly. And when you combine that with her first appearance also being on this exact same list, it tells me that people are looking at X-23 uh, as a logical next step for whatever happens with Wolverine in the future after Hugh Jackman supposedly retires. I don't know if he's ever going to actually walk away from this role. He keeps coming back to it. It's been way too long. I think they need to, I mean, me personally, I would rather just not have Wolverine for a bit. Put the character on the shelf, right? You don't do Hugh Jackman. You don't do Rand, Daniel Radcliffe. You don't do Danny DeVito. You don't do Dakin. You don't do X-23. You just focus on some other X-Men. Build up the rest of the universe, and then you can introduce Wolverine in a pretty cool way. I think we could use a little break from him, personally. Ah, so you're a Wild Thing fan. How'd you know? Oh, my God. Everyone wants that Wolverine daughter from a different universe. But realistically, if you want the best keys, you want the best lists, and you want all of the information about everything Wolverine and Wolverine spec-worthy, you gotta get Key Collector. This list of 10 was sourced from a larger list of 20 trending books over on the Key Collector app available on iOS and Android. Use code TOM101 for two free weeks of the best comic book app in existence. I use it all the time, and it will absolutely up your game. Not only can you get double the trending books that we talk about on this very video you can read that list uh on thursday when the list drops you don't have to wait until like sunday or monday or whenever the hell you get around to actually watching this video you can beat us to the punch and <laughs> get double the information without having to listen to us jibber jabber back and forth like a bunch of idiots just go get key collector it'll, it'll make your whole life a lot easier we're moving on we got uh we got dazzler to talk about because it's it's not on a week in comics without talking about taylor swift and dazzler specifically we're going to talk about her first solo series dazzler number one from 19 19- 81, which is here at number four on the trending 10. $25 average sales and $230 for a CDC 9.8. Dazzler's self-titled series released direct to the comic book shops, not even available on newsstands. We are seeing an incredible increase this week because this is just the book that will not go away. Tell us a number because you scrolled it up and I couldn't I read what number it was. I'm sorry. It's an incredible increase of 101%. Russ is very bad at numbers and counting. <laughs> 150% increase in copies sold uh, week over week for this book. He can't count. That's okay. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about Dazzler because we normally talk about her first appearance in Uncanny X-Men number 130. That's kind of made the permanent transition over to the hot 10. That's sort of out of the range of the trending 10 lately. We haven't talked about this book in two months. So let's talk about Dazzler. Why is Dazzler on the list, Russ? Apparently, Ryan, it has been a slow news week because we are getting some spec that 
will not die, but doesn't have any substantiating evidence. People really just like talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. We did just do the uh, Q4 rankings of the hottest books of October, November, December. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number 130 was the f- most hottest book by far. It took uh, first place on the Hot 10 like six different times in the last few months. Dazzler's hot, but again, when there's no real concrete evidence. And we've been hearing a lot of Ryan Reynolds, Taylor Swift, jokey rumors and stuff. She's been going to football games, spotted at the football game with Ryan Reynolds and the director, Sean Levy, of Deadpool 3. Nothing more concrete than that, really. And I noticed uh, Mr. Comic Tom, uh, we're going to poke at him a little bit while he's not here. Last week, he was kind of backpedaling a little bit, I noticed, and saying maybe Taylor Swift could appear in this movie, but not as Dazzler. We've heard Lady Deadpool rumors ever since, like, the summer when we first started talking about Taylor Swift maybe showing up in this movie at all. It was originally as Lady Deadpool way back when, but she could also just show up as herself, which is something Tom pointed out. Maybe Deadpool will just... Show up in the background of a Deadpool, uh, not a Deadpool concert, of a Taylor Swift concert. I could see Deadpool in the stands, like, trying to wave or get her attention. She walks right past him. There's your Taylor Swift cameo. No Dazzler whatsoever. What happens to this book? It could very well be a bodyguard moment where someone's attempting to, you know, kidnap or hurt Taylor Swift. And Deadpool comes in and saves And We know that Ryan Reynolds loved being Kevin Costner. So... I am not even 100% sure what that is in reference to. So let's talk about something. How do you know? I'm so old. Kevin Costner? Who? Pa Kent? (laughs) Right? From Man of Steel? That Kevin Costner? Yeah. Pa Pa Kent from Man. From from Waterworld. Have you seen the Waterworld movie? Actually. No? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Mm -mm. Yeah. Dances with Wolves? Mm -mm. You are out of it, Ryan. I've seen The Untouchables. With Al Capone, because I'm, you know, that's Go me. down to Blockbuster, and you got to rent one of these videos. I'll loan you my VCR, and we'll Thanks. make sure that you'll have an opportunity to Thank catch you, Rush, up. because the best way to watch it is on VHS, as everybody <laughs> knows. Speaking of which, I don't know how I'm going to tie that back into Daredevil, but we're going to talk about Daredevil number nine here at number three on the list. This is the first appearance of Echo, and this book is making the list for an obvious reason. Her uh, solo series, her TV show, is about to drop on Disney+. Plus. January 10th, all five episodes. And thank goodness. I mean, this could not have come any faster. We've been talking about speculation on this book since, I don't know, 2019? $80 average sales this week, $167 for CGC 9.8. And remember, when we were whipped into a frenzy and people were sitting at home and they had disposable income and Echo was coming before it had been delayed and delayed and everything else was just late... The record high was $1,000 in March 2021. And before you start thinking about it being as an outlier, we were seeing consistent sales in the $700 to $800 range for a CGC 9.8 at that point in time as well. This is one of those books that there has been a lot of speculation for a very, very long time. It has cooled off, but what has not cooled off is my anticipation for this series. Honestly, this looks amazing. Alaco Cox did such a fantastic job in the Hawkeye series, and I am really excited to see this story come to fruition. I think they announced Echoes getting her own show before she even showed up in Hawkeye. Is yep. that okay? So I'm remembering correctly. I remember when they announced it and Echoes getting the show, and I was like, okay, that's cool. I got a whole bunch of other stuff to watch, but sure, add that to the list. Why not? And then she shows up in Hawkeye and she kicks a bunch of ass, and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe this could be a cool show. And then time goes on, and it's been two years, by the way, since Hawkeye came out. That's a little weird to process. Right. This show's just kind of there in the background. We hear not really a whole lot about it for a couple years, and then I just kind of start to get less and less excited. 
then the phase four comes out and things kind of take a dive a little bit. We get stuff like Secret Invasion that happened earlier this year, which totally killed a lot of my anticipation for pretty much everything on Disney Plus at this point. Then the trailer comes out for Echo and it's like, oh man, this is, uh, I hate to get excited, but I'm getting excited. And then trailer two comes out and I'm getting more and more pumped. And the show's like two weeks away, 167% increase <laughs> in copies sold of this book week over week because this show is like a week or two away. Like it's very close and I'm cautiously excited. These trailers are working on me. I have a little bit of MCU fatigue personally, not going to lie. Echo might be curing it for me. If this show sucks, I'm going to be really disappointed. Let's move on. We only have two books left. There's only two books left. Number two on the list, Russ. What's number two on the list? Justice League International number 12. Seriously? Okay, guys, this is the first appearance of Ice, and it's the first cover appearance of Maxwell Lord, which we believe is the reason why this book has been moving. The announcement that Sean Gunn was going to be playing Maxwell Lord in the new James Gunn built universe means that we're seeing more of his books moving. This is absolutely a dollar bin book. This is one of those books that don't go spec heavily, don't go buy 100 copies, and I wouldn't even wager to say that it would be worth getting graded because $4 average sales and $57 for C2C 9.6, and that's really probably someone who overpaid. This is the type of book that you are going to find hundreds of copies of in uh, 50 cent bins all over, right? Like, I have probably four full runs of Justice League International at the shop right now. We only have one listed on eBay, and I don't think we're going to sell it. You know, it, it's one of those books that, if you want to get a copy to read it, might be good. Don't go too hard, really. Th this is one of those that, even if it does get hit out of the park, and we do have a great new version of Maxwell Lord... I don't see this book being a perpetually relevant book that is going to need people to spend a lot of money on. The fact that there are only 16 slabs of this book on the CGC census at all might encourage someone to overspend on this book, which I think is what happened on the 9.6. The $57 sale from earlier this month is the all-time record high for a 9.6. So yeah, I think people might be going overboard, especially with that low census count. Don't. Don't overspend on a book like this. Yeah. We, we, we want to make sure... And put that out there. As far as the movie goes and Sean Gunn is concerned, it looks cool. I think he could probably do a pretty good job. I was a little partial to the Pedro Pascal interpretation of this character from Wonder Woman 1984. But either way, I am one of the people who needs to go pick up that run from you. I have never read this run of Justice League, and it is very important. And between James Gunn utilizing some of these characters, and honestly, one of my favorite books of the last couple of years was Human Target by Tom King, who we've also mentioned on this very list. That, that run, that book, that 12-issue series used... Basically, every one of the characters from this run of Justice League uh, with a main focus on Ice, who first appears on this issue. So this book is now on my radar because of Tom King and Human Target. Reading recommendation for everybody out there. Go read Human Target. So you made a good mention right there with Pedro Pascal's Maxwell Lord. When he was in the movie, when he was in Wonder Woman 1984... The book that spiked was Justice League number one. We didn't have anyone talking about this. No one was caring about the cover appearance of this book. Now, Justice League number one is still like a $15, $20 it book. It was on the list recently. It was on the list recently, but all of a sudden, people are trying to find the next best spec. And I understand that. 433% increase in copies sold this week. Yeah, that's a lot of people trying to do it. But it's only because it's super low entry level. And I really don't see a whole lot of high upside on this book because it is coming from the late 80s, early 90s, massive print run era. 
And I really think there's too many copies out there for it to ever be worth a good amount of money. Don't overspend. Buy it raw. We're going to move on. We've got something very cool to tell you about, and we're saved it for the end. So uh, all of the people who got bored of how cool Russ and myself are and left the video early, <laughs> sucks to be them because we are here to tell you about a little giveaway you guys can enter. We're giving away this book here, right here, ASM 300. This is going to be given away at the end of January, and all you need to do to enter to win this giveaway and every giveaway we do in the future after this, all you got to do, comictom101.com, sign up for our newsletter, which should pop up and prompt you for your email address right when you get to the website. Super easy, comictom101.com, type in your email address, go on with your life, it's all ready, you're entered, you're good, you're good. So go do that. We're drawing that at the end of January. And here we are. The final number one of 2023, Batman number 609. We are seeing $40 average sales and $160 for a CGC 9.8 just as recently as this last month. That is down from the all-time high sale of $318 in April 2022. First appearance of Thomas Elliott, later revealed to be Hush. Book's down by half from its all-time high. I don't know what that voice was. That was nice. It's like an NPR thing we got going on over here. It's totally my NPR voice. Let's work on that. That's an idea for a future video. I know. Hush, however, is exciting. Uh, This is the Batman 2 spec. That's really all it is. That's causing a 600% increase in copies sold of his first appearance in this issue because people are expecting him to appear in the Batman 2. And I think if you were to like guess any villain to appear in this movie, this one is... The easiest one, because we got an Easter egg of him in the first movie. And no other villains, as far as I know. So that's that's a pretty clear <laughs> indication that this might be where they're headed. We did get that cool deleted scene featuring uh, the Joker in Arkham Asylum. You can pronounce the actor's name far better than I can, even though I quite like him. Barry Keegan's Joker, sure, absolutely. I think that we are going to be seeing more of him. But one of the things that I really don't like about this Batman universe they're building is... They're stepping too far away from the fantastical. They really are. And I think that maybe DC is gun shy because of the fallout after the Tim Burton movies and the Schumacher version, Batman and Robin. It was too cartoony. But special effects have caught up. And Marvel has already proven that you can do people with superpowers, people with special things, and it's not going to look too goofy, and it's absolutely going to sell. Christopher Nolan did a great job of palate cleansing. He did what Frank Miller and Alan Moore did to the comic book version of Batman for the movie versions. That's great. But we're at the point where most of the people who want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy and Groot and Rocket Raccoon, right, they want the James Gunn take on it. So this Batman, I'm not a huge fan of them going, we have to have normal businessmen like people who are the bad guys. The thing I didn't like about the Riddler in the movie was he just looked too much like a normal guy that went to the army surplus store and bought some army surplus gear. You know, I want a clay face that actually shoots out clay. I want a killer croc that looks like a killer croc. You know, maybe they're playing a little bit safe with Hush, but I'd like for them to actually do a Mr. Freeze. Well, when you talk about Hush as the Batman villain spec, the other the other villain we've heard a lot about is Clayface. Like, you brought him up, too. Like, that is as supernatural as this movie could probably get. We did get a serial killer and a mobster in the first one, and I think if that's all these movies are going to give us, then that could get very boring very quick, even though I don't necessarily think that a super-powered villain might not fit in the 
Pattinson universe they've established in that first movie. Whatever. It could be cool. You know, this is a, like you said, Hush is one of the best modern Batman stories of all time. It's absolutely worth reading. Speaking of which, read it in the absolute format if you can. I have it, and it's definitely the best way to read this comic. But yeah, that's Hush. That's the Batman 2. What do you guys think? Do you think do you think we're going to get Hush in the sequel? Do you think we'll get like Court of Owls, who I would maybe even want to see more than Hush? I'd also be down for Clayface. We haven't gotten him in live action yet. What do you think? Let us know in the comments. Comic fam, we have been doing this since 2018 every single week without fail. Thank you for closing out 2023 with us. We are looking forward to doing this all throughout 2024 from me, from Ryan and Tom, the rest of the comic fam. We love all of you. We appreciate all of you. And as always, geek responsibly. Enough said. I never get to do all that stuff. Get out of here. We'll see you next week.